All the praise belongs to him. Give it up. Amen. Hey, I just want you to stand in agreement and prayer with this uh, for the Stephan family. Uh, many of you have been uh, impacted and blessed with this relationship. But Diane uh, had some complications on Friday, and she was gone into the hospital. And, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it, it was a scary moment. But she's now she's doing better. She's sedated uh, and, and getting stronger and healthy. And we're, and we're just, we're just going to be standing in faith, believing and praying uh, because our God sent his word and healed them. And his word is life to those that find them health and healing to all their flesh. Amen. So just be, just be standing in agreement and, and, and praying. And, and uh, uh, when we get ready to bless them, you know, with food and stuff, uh, we'll just overwhelm them with the goodness of God. Amen. So uh, be, be praying that way and just be in agreement. We're, we're, we, we, we know the end result. Amen. Opportunity to humiliate hell. How many of you have had one of those this week? Come on, opportunity just to kick the devil right in the crotch. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, every now and then, <laughs> every now and then, I, and I'm wearing a suit jacket this morning, so I can be crazy. Okay, but uh, every every once in a while, you know, stuff comes up, and you're thinking that it's just there to mess you up, and you're getting all frustrated. Just realize, no, this is my opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat today. You, you know, don't don't miss the opportunity to to humiliate hell. You know, hell's pretty good at its game, but we're better. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm better than that. Okay, because see, we've got what it takes. We've got what it takes in any situation to just annihilate the enemy. You know what the Bible says? That I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with inner strength. I've got what it takes. And sometimes we, we miss seeing that. We, we get hyper-focused on the stuff we don't like or this thing that we don't enjoy or the discomfort of the moment when we need to focus on the reality that right here, right now, I have the ability to just give the enemy a black eye. I, 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 can, I can release a shout of praise. You, you know, it's all through the Bible. Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, sing, break forth into singing and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate and the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. You're going to break forth on the right hand and on the left. He's talking to somebody who's got a reason to be silent, a reason to be depressed, a reason to be down. And God comes and gives him this great word, right? Sing. Well, I don't feel like it. It's because you're thinking wrong. Because the way you think determines the way you feel. Well, I don't feel like I have victory. It's because you're thinking wrong. You've got to change the way you think, so change the way you feel. You know what's really interesting? This is not my message this morning. But what's really interesting about Isaiah 54, when he says, sing, O barren, sing, you know what the word sing there means? Overcome. Overcome. Do you know, even when you don't wrap your heart and mind around the meaning of that, your enemy knows exactly what it means. I said, your enemy knows exactly what it means when you start to sing. Because Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. He was quoting from uh, Psalms where it says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. That when you begin to break forth into singing and when you begin to, 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 to lift up your voice, it causes hell to shut up and back up. Why? Because you're automatically stepping into a place where you're going to have some breakthrough now. You, you've decided to overcome the situation instead of to be overcome by a situation. So sing. Look at your neighbor and tell them, next time I see you, you ought to be singing. Tell them. Amen. We, we ought to be living like believers instead of, instead of just, uh, you know, trying to hang out with a few of them. 
Huh? Come on, let, let's, let's live this thing out loud. Let's, 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 let's take control uh, of, of this region. Let's realize that God's given us a, a divine opportunity to do something amazing, something way bigger than we could pull off on our own. But we're not on our own. We got God on our side. Amen. How many you know that, that, that it's, it's about time for your breakthrough? It's about time for your healing. It's about time for, for your family to come back together. It's about time for your restoration. It's about time for you to experience the, the production of God's promise in your life. It's your time. It's about time for you to say, hey, it's my time. Now. I want to talk about this. This is kind of the title of my message today, about time. Look at, look at somebody say, it's about time. It's about time to have real God life. More life than death. More hope than sorrow. More, more peace than chaos. More provision than lack. More, more healing than sickness. It's about time we start manifesting and demonstrating God life every realm of our life. It's about time. It's about time we quit acting like people who don't have God and act like people who know God. It's about time. You know, well, I think we might be going under. It's about time you think right. It's about time we felt right. It's about time we made right choice. It's about time. You're right at the threshold. Let me prophesy for a minute. You're right at the threshold of supernatural intervention. You need a scripture? Okay, Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and fellowship with him. What does that say? That says that God is at the door. You open the door and God's going to get involved in your situation. It's about time we got the door open. You know, to hear my voice. Well, that doesn't mean that we're sitting around, you know, trying to, trying to hear some, uh, you know, some weird thing. That we hear his voice. That means that we respond to what he's told us. You know, uh, in the Bible, it it kind of assumes that when you hear God speak, that you'll do what he said. Because he ain't talking just to be talking. He's telling you stuff so you know what to do. So when you hear his voice, you're going to do what he said. Well, well, I don't know that I've ever heard God's voice. Yeah, you have. It's the word of God. Sing. There's your word for today. Sing. Look at your neighbor and say, sing, baby, sing. Look at this. Uh, you know, instead of acting like people who don't know God, we ought to act God-like. Let's check it out. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example. Who are you living like? Who are you thinking like? Who are you feeling like? Who's influencing you? The, the, the Bible tells us, hey, be an imitator of God. Follow his example like a well-beloved child imitates their father. Imitate God. You know, just a couple of things. I don't know how your mind works. You know, when you think about being like God, you think about floating around on a cloud and telling people what to do. You, you know, zapping somebody or something. That's not God. But, but, you know, just think about it for a minute. What kind of stuff does God do? God makes stuff happen. Think about it. Why do you want God's participation in your situation? So some crazy stuff can happen. Well, then be an imitator of God. Make something happen. Don't sit around doing nothing. It's quiet in here. I think the Bible says it this way. For with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. You remember that verse? 
With God, nothing is impossible. You know what that says to me? That if you're with God, it's absolutely impossible to do nothing. Because with God, nothing is impossible. So if you're doing nothing, you ain't walking with God. Hmm. Man, the way you guys are looking at me, it's like, you, you know, when it gets really quiet, I, I feel anointed to spend time there. You know, if you want me to move on, just say, amen, you know, and we'll, we'll go somewhere else. But the, the, the thing is, is that a lot of us, you know, we're waiting for God to do some stuff. We're begging God to do some stuff. We're, we're, you know, we even get spiritual about it. We'll fast for like half a day, you know, uh, and, and, and we'll, 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 we'll do what we call pray. Actually, we whine and call it prayer. And, and, and we want God to do something. No, you're supposed to be like God. You make some stuff happen. You know, think about it. Think about it. God, God takes stuff and he makes other stuff out of the stuff that he took. He, he takes stuff and makes other stuff out of it. And now the stuff's stuff that it wasn't before when it was just stuff. Faith, Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the substance of material. Faith is the material that things, just stuff. Everything's made out of his material, his word. And he speaks to stuff, and it changes the stuff. Think about the creation process. The, the creation process is awesome because God decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted it to come from. He spoke to what he wanted to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to, and what he spoke has to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. You, 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 need, to, you need to grasp this because this is the way God works. He speaks to stuff. Right? He decides what he wants. He decides where he wants it to come from. He speaks to what he wants it to come from. What he speaks comes out, what he speaks to. What he speaks has to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. Think. The, the creation process. What, what, what are we going to make? I mean, just picture it in, you know, in the beginning, right? And God's creating stuff and he's making stuff. And, 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 and you, you, know, you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're like having a party or something. And, and they're going to make some stuff. And what should we make? Let's, let's make grass. I, 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 I want to see grass. Okay, what should we make it out of? Let's make it out of dirt. We got a lot of dirt. So God speaks to the dirt, but he doesn't say dirt because if he said dirt, he'd have more dirt because what he says comes. Right? Remember when he said, let there be light? Poof, there's light. So he's looking at the dirt. He's going to speak to the dirt. That's where I want the grass to come from. He speaks to the dirt. He says grass. And up out of the dirt pops grass. Do a genetic study of grass. What are you going to find? That it's dirt. Separate grass from dirt, what happens? It dies. Everybody's really excited. Angels are like clapping. They're singing. They're like, look at the grass. This is awesome. He's, Let's do some more. This is fun. <laughs> well, uh, what should we make? Cattle. Okay, so we're going to make cattle. So he speaks to the dirt. He's got a lot of dirt. He speaks to the dirt. Cattle. Poof, up out of the dirt comes cattle. Separate cattle from dirt, it dies. Well, how do you keep cattle connected to the dirt? It eats grass. And then he got really creative. Let's make fish. What are, you know, what are we going to use? Watery dirt. Speaks to the watery dirt. And there's fish swimming around. I'm telling you if, you, if you can wrap your mind around that, you need to understand this, that what God says comes out of what God said it to. And if it remains attached, it will live and produce. That's why you need to be in the word of God so that God can speak to you. Because what God speaks comes out of what God's speaking to. So if you're letting God speak to you, what he's saying is going to come out of you as long as you remain attached. 
Think about it. Man, when, when, when God made man, uh, human is two words put together to make one word, humus and man. Humus is dirt. Man is spirit. Your, your body's out of the dirt, but your spirit, man, that came right out of God. Man come forth and right out of the spirit of God came man. Separate man from God. What happens? He dies. That's why the enemy's trying to do his best to separate you from God so that you won't have real life. I'm telling you, it's about time you had God life. How do I do that? Well, I get reconnected to God and I stay connected to God and I allow what God's speaking into me to come forth. And I refuse to get separated from it. I'm going to be an imitator of God. Man, you know, Jesus even said, hey, you know, when you got circumstances in your life, don't talk about them, talk to them. He said, you know, if anyone will say to this mountain, he didn't say talk about the mountain, he said talk to the mountain. Why? Because what you say will come out of what you say it to. You, you have this ability. Be an imitator of God. Be an imitator of God. Be an imitator of God. Well, what's the first step to imitating God? It's found in verse 2. Walk in love. See, there's one of those quiet moments. We're going to spend some time here. He said, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a slain offering, a sacrifice for you. Walking in love. Walking in love. I mean, this is the first step of being godlike. How are we going to be godlike? Well, we are going to do what's best for others, even at our own expense. That's what love is. Love is doing what's best for somebody else, even at your own expense. Lust is doing whatever's best for you, even at the expense of someone else. See, the, the, the reality is, is that what we need to do is we need to walk in love. And, and, and we, we, we just need to take that step. You know, we, you, you need to be, you know, you need to, you, you know, you need to ask yourself, what have you been stepping in? You know, are, are you walking in love? You stepped in something and, 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 you know, people sitting next to you, they can tell you that what you stepped in, that wasn't love. Because, you know, when you're walking in something other than love, it's got a different fragrance. You know, he talks about a sweet fragrance. We can tell what you stepped in by, by the reek of your life. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in our life. We haven't been stepping in love. That's, that's something else. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I think you stepped in something. Tell them. We're supposed to be walking in love. Look at Ephesians 5.15. Look carefully. Look carefully then how you walk. It, why, why? Because if you're not careful, you, you'll walk wrong. If you're not careful, you'll step right out of this thing. Why? Because it's contrary to human nature. It, it's, not the, it's not normal for us to do what's best for others, even at our own expense. That does not come without thought. If you live a habitual lifestyle, all a habit is is the ability to do something without thought. Any of you guys ever ever left, you know, uh, you, you're leaving the office or you're, you, you know, you, you've been at a meeting, you call home and, and your wife says, hey, on the way home, would you mind swinging by and picking up a gallon of milk? And, and Shelby will do this, you know, every now and then and I'll call and, and she'll say, do pick this up. And, and, and I, I get to the, to the house and thank God for a roundabout so I can turn around and go back and pick up the thing that she told me to pick up. Because it's out of habit without thought. I end up at the house. You know, we'll leave the house and we're headed for, for, you know, for someplace else. And without thought, I just wind up at the church. And the boys are looking at me like, thought we were going to a movie. Oh, yeah. And we got to drive off. Why? Because without thought, if we start talking, I just stop thinking. If I stop thinking, habits come in. Habits just take me to where I've always been. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're just going to end up where you've always been because it's just your habit. That's the way you've lived. And you haven't really been living 
the love life that long. So you got to be careful. Look what he says. Be careful how you walk. Live with purpose. Worthily, accurately. Live accurately. Live intentionally. You know that, that uh, uh, no strings attached card gives you an opportunity to create a new habit. Where you just take the card and you do something for somebody else, even at your own expense. And, and, and we think that this is all about blessing them, but really it's about training us. The no strings attached. Let me tell you who's got the strings. Us. It's not them. When we do free market and we, you know, and we hang out the posters and it says no, no strings attached. The strings aren't on the people taking the stuff. The strings are on us because we see somebody pull up in a car that's better than ours, picking up our TV, taking a house that's better than ours, and we're saying, they don't deserve my TV. That's your string. Because the love walk doesn't, doesn't evaluate things that way. It's just, no, I just want to bless you. Thank God when, when, when he looks at us, he's not determining whether we deserve it or not because none of us do. He, 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 you know, God so loved the world, he didn't look at the world and say, those people don't deserve it. Look at them. They, they, they're, they're not near, they're, oh, forget them. No, those strings are on us. So you gotta, you gotta do this thing with intention and with purpose. Look at verse 16. Make the very most of time. Make the most of time. Don't waste it. Buy up every opportunity. Make the most of time. Why? Because good doesn't happen by chance. Good happens by choice. And if you're not careful, that time will be gone. That, that time, is, it's, not like the, it's not like the watch, you know, where, you know, that, you know, the measurement of time. It's a different word. It's, it, it, it's, it's a moment impregnated with purpose by God. Kairos. Make the most of your opportunities. Well, if you're not alert and if you're not awake, you miss them. You miss it. You'll have a thought. Oh, I should do this, and and just like that, you know, the the that moment's gone, and and you either got it done or you didn't. And if you weren't really intentional, you didn't. And he's saying what what you need to do is be careful that you don't miss these opportunities to collide with awesome opportunity, awesome destiny. Make the most of time. You don't have enough to waste it. You know what, what robs you of opportunities are the excuses that you have in your life. An opportunity will come, and we, we are accustomed to We can come up with excuses without thought. It doesn't take anything to have an excuse. Well, I, I wasn't sure if that was God or not. Well, let me, let me just point out something to you real quick here. Uh, I love the Amplify because it says buying up each opportunity. Let me tell you about a God opportunity. How do I know if this opportunity is godly? It'll cost you. If the opportunity that's presented to you doesn't have a cost to it, you want to be very, very, very careful. Because the enemy has a strategy. He can pull you out of destiny simply by giving you an opportunity. I know people who have just missed, completely missed, the, 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 the purpose of God in their life because they got an opportunity, and it just seemed too good to be true. Well, what have they said about that stuff that's too good to be true? It usually too good to be true 
You've been making decisions. You've been faithful. You've been, you, you've been walking a path. And, and the enemy sees that you're about ready to have a head-on collision with purpose and destiny. So all he has to do, think about it, how easy it is to get some of us out of destiny. All he's got to do is give us an opportunity. We're going to get paid $2.25 more an hour someplace else. And we pack up and move and, and don't even realize that the God opportunity that we are about to collide in with, that we just missed it because we found an opportunity. Well, if it doesn't cost you, It probably isn't godly. God opportunities cost you. Hello, somebody. And he said, be careful that you don't miss them. But we, because we come up with excuses so quickly, that becomes our excuse. Look what it's going to cost us to do that. Well, I got news for you that the payoff of God opportunity is always much greater than the investment. Well, what's happening? God's taking something and making something else out of it. You're giving something, but when you turn around, the, the reward and the, and the harvest of this thing is going uh, to swallow up the memory of whatever it was that you lost, whatever it was you walked away from, whatever it was that you invested. You'll never think about that again because all you're going to see is the harvest. So you want to be careful not to miss these God opportunities. Buy them up, man. Buy them up. Look at this in verse 17. Don't be vague, thoughtless, and foolish. Don't be vague. Some of us are so afraid to just clarify what it is we're doing. You want to be a spiritual marksman where you can hit the mark. Well, then you have to be able to define the target. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm headed. This is what I'm believing for. But we're so vague. We're so vague vague. I mean, people are vague when they come for prayer. Would you pray for me? My, usually my, my, you know, my given response, will you pray for me? Okay. What are we believing for? What's the scripture that we're standing on? Well, I, I, you know, I, I just, I I just need healing in my body. Well, do you believe God will heal you? If it's his will. That's so vague. Get in the book and you know what you're going to find? You will not find a scripture that says God might heal you. What are you afraid of? He he said, don't be vague. Don't be vague. Don't be thoughtless. Because, you know, when they come and they ask me for prayer, and, and, you know, and you know my gifting, I'm not a counselor. You want to be very, very prepared if you come to me for counsel. Okay? I can help you, but you won't enjoy a minute of it. Okay? And uh, because you'll come, and what's the scripture you're standing on? And, well, we don't really have one. I'll say, well, what are you thinking? which pretty much sums it up. He said, don't be thoughtless. You know, you have the mind of Christ. Don't walk around without using any of it. Right? I mean, don't be vague. Clarify your goal. This is what we're going to do. Well, how do we know of God? I'm telling you what, you, you know God. You know His goodness. You know He's not going to leave you. You know He's not going to forsake you. Don't be vague. God likes it when you, when you just get out there and, 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 and make statements that God's, if God don't show up, we're going to look stupid. I hope you know that that's what we're doing as a body. Uh, you know, as a group of believers, think about it. If you're unaware of this, let us fill you in. We've taken everything that we had and we invested it in a bunch of property. Why? So that we could sell the property and build a building that we can't afford. Yeah. So what do we have now? Nothing but dirt. 
and you know what's awesome is that God makes all kinds of stuff out of dirt. So don't be, don't be vague when you're driving up 395 and go, Lord, let your will be done over there. No, tell him. That property is sold in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you're giving us uh, top dollar. And, and the Bible says if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask for anything. It'll be you know what it says in the original? That if you abide in me and my word abides in you, if you ask for something that doesn't exist, I will create it for you. So there might not be a buyer for the property, but God's creating them right now. Why? Because we're not going to be vague. We're going to be very on point. We're going to sell that property. We're going to build a building that we can't afford. Well, what if it doesn't happen? We're going to look stupid. But that's, that's the choice you got. You, you know, that's the choice you got. Either, either you, you look stupid or God looks awesome. So don't be vague. Don't be, thought, don't be foolish. Let the Bible define the Bible. Jesus defined who's foolish and who's wise. Jesus said, hey, remember, the guy who builds his house on the rock, wise. The guy who builds his house on the sand, foolish. Well, what, how do you determine? He said, the guy, the, 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 the wise man hears my word and does it. The foolish hears it and doesn't do it. So what you got to do is you got to realize, hey, I don't have to be vague. I've got a word from God. I got a word from God. So I'm not going to be thoughtless. I'm going to meditate it day and night. I'm going to fill my thoughts with what God said. And I'm not going to be foolish. I'm going to do exactly what it said. I'm going to get a grisp, uh, a grisp, <laughs> I'm making up words today and they're not even good ones. I'm going to get a grip on the promise of God. Get a grip. We have an opportunity to, to, to shake Tri-Cities and the regions beyond with, with the incredible life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Of course there's going to be opposition. You know, in your life, look, don't miss your golden opportunities. Don't miss these Kairos moments that are impregnated with purpose. Get a grip on what the purpose of God is. It, what is it? That you'd walk in love, man. That you'd just be an insane blessing to people. It, that you know people you don't know, people you don't want to know. Get a grip. Get a grip. Get a grip on the will of God. Look at Galatians 5.13. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Here's the will of God, that you would be free, man. Just make sure that you don't use your freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want. Don't, don't, don't use excuses to do what you want. No, you're free to do what God says you can do. Use your freedom. Check this out. I love this. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. I really didn't anticipate a huge amen there. But a little something would have been nice. Use, use, you know, use this opportunity to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. That, that's how freedom grows. A serving one another. You know, uh, well, we're, we're committed to God, not to the church. I think you're on crack. I, I don't think you can be committed to God... And, you know, telling the people that God's brought you to, to be strength for you, and that you're going to be strength for them, that you don't absolutely really need them. You're just here out of the goodness of your heart. Hello, somebody. You're supposed to be serving each other. Why? Because you're creating habits. You know, that, that no string card. That's to bless people, but it's to teach us to do this every day. This getting involved in the house and finding a place to serve is teaching you habits. 
Because that way you're not coming here for you. You know, uh, we didn't bring our kids to church hoping that church would make our kids better. We brought our kids to church knowing our kids will make church better. I don't come here hoping to get something. I come here knowing I've been empowered by God to give something. Well, well, you're the preacher. You're an idiot. Because you have more freedom than I do. I'm kind of stuck up here. You know, I pull into the parking lot today, and there's Bob, and he's got the cones out, and he's getting ready. And I'm telling you, if I could do anything, if I could do whatever I wanted, don't be surprised someday when you roll in here. Because if I can get the worship team going, and I don't have to be on the platform, and I can make Stephen preach, I'm going to park me some cars. I'm serious. I think that would be rocking, man, to be out there and help people. Well, what if they don't want help? So what? Do it anyways. I want to do it. I can't wait. Because <laughs> I look at every car thinking somebody's one could be in there. I could be the first guy that that one connects with to come in this lot. Man, can you imagine just serving that guy, knowing that he's on his way to a collision with God life? <laughs> God's going to get you. Sir, and you know what? What, a, what an amazing freedom that begins to be developed when you just learn to serve. Man, it's not about me, but God's doing something. I mean, how many of you believe, I mean, really, and you don't have to be nice to me. I can take it. I'm, I'm tough. But how many of you really believe that when you come to church, you actually get better? Well, why aren't we bringing people with us that absolutely need to be better? I got to keep going. This is clear. This is how freedom grows. Look at Ephesians 5, 15. So watch your step. Watch what you're stepping in. You know, because your desire, I don't want to be outside in the parking lot. It's cold out there. Watch your step. Watch your step. What are you, what are you stepping in? Be, be careful. Use your head. Come on, don't, don't be stupid. Don't live dumb. There's, you know, I won't go there. Make the most of every chance you get. Make the most of this. You know, uh, the story of Esther, go, go read uh, the story of Esther and, uh, you know, and Mordecai, he comes to her and he's talking to her and, and he's telling her because she's found favor with the king and, but yet the Jews are about ready to get wiped out and he comes in and he says, listen, uh, it, it's probable that the, the reason that you have favor is, is that God has brought you into the kingdom for just this moment. And she says, well, wait a minute, if, if I go into the king without being invited, I could die. I mean, if it's not, if, if this isn't God, you realize... I'm not going to look stupid. I'm going to look dead. Yeah, but maybe, maybe this is why God brought you here. Maybe. 
How, how, about, how about Jonathan with his armor bearer? Could you imagine being the armor bearer of Jonathan? And you're thinking you got the cool job. This is, this, is the, this is way up there, way up there. I get to walk with the guy who's way up there. And then one day he says, tell you what let's do. Let's climb up to, this, to, to all those Philistines. See those guys up there? Yeah, yeah. See, there, see that army? Yeah. Well, we've got a spear. <laughs> this is going to be good. What's going to be good? We're going to go up there and we'll holler at him. And let them know that we're here. And if they say, come on up, we'll take that as a sign from God that we are going to win. That's stupid. <laughs> How about we sneak past them? Don't holler. And if God drops hails the size of a freight train on them, then we know that was God. Jonathan makes this faith-inspiring statement. Perhaps the Lord will be with us. That's, that, I feel that way right now. I'm really kind of pumped about the future. Really kind of pumped. On a Thursday morning not too long ago, uh, you know, point man prayer, 6 o'clock on Thursday mornings, God off hour. And sitting over here praying, and, uh, and I shared it with the guys that morning. Um, a scripture that just leapt off the page, got in my spirit. And he said, consecrate yourself today because tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I have this thing inside of me that I know God's about ready to do something amazing. Just amazing. And I, I kind of feel like Jonathan, you know, because we, we're healthy we don't owe anybody anything. We take all of our resources. We buy land. Maybe God will be with us. What if he's not? We're going to look dumb. But maybe he's in it. Maybe he opened the door. You mean you're not sure? You know, in my spirit, I'm absolutely 100% confident. But if I waited until we were 100% sure about something... We'd never do nothing. I got to tell you something. I'd never make it to point man prayer on Thursdays if I had to be 100% sure it was going to be a good idea because I lay there every morning about 90% sure I should stay in bed. <laughs> Watch your step. Watch your step. Watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, Psalms 139.5 David said, I, I look behind me, and you're there. And I look up ahead, and you're out there too. I look behind me, and I see God's involvement, moments that I was absolutely sure that I was on my own. But when I look back, I realize no, God was orchestrating, using all things together for my good. You know, haven't you been in situations that you just thought God must have, you know, I must have done something wrong. God must be mad at me. I bet, I bet God's, God's trying to, you know, he's disciplining me. I, I made some mistake. And then, but later on you look back and you realize, no, God was saving you. Remember a time that uh, Shelby and I, and I've shared this story before, but maybe not this perspective of it, but the, the, there was a time that, that God spoke to me, sell everything you, sell everything you own. And, and, and we did. And, and in one day in the middle of, of the country outside of Roseburg on a, on, on a bad road, you know, in one day, everything we own sold. And, 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 
it was, it was just a couple of days later, though, when a bunch of guys rolled up into our parking lot from the church that we were involved in, and, and, and they, they had heard that, we, uh, you know, there was some trouble. What had happened is the senior pastor had had an affair. And uh, when they confronted the senior pastor, the pastor told them that wasn't true. And they said, well, we had, we, you know, we had had a conversation with Tom, and, and uh, Tom's been talking to you about it, and that's why he's leaving. And he said, Tom's lying. Tom wants to take over the church. And they came out there to accuse me of trying to disrupt the church, and I was going to hang around and take over the church, and that I had a plan. And I was able to walk him into our house and say, if that were true, where's my stuff? At the moment when God said sell everything, I didn't really understand what he was doing. But a few days later, I looked back and realized God was providing me an amazing defense. I look behind me, you're there, but I look out in front of me, you're out there too. I'm telling you, God's in your future. That when these opportunities come, when these opportunities come, it's going to blow your mind. And I know that sometimes the, the stress and the chaos and the warfare, it seems like more than you can take. So I got one more scripture for you. First Thessalonians 5. Well, that sucks. I don't like what I'm going through. Be cheerful. No matter what. It could, I, I got to give you full disclosure today because it sounds awesome. You know, we got Kairos moments, moments impregnated with purpose by God. Some of them are horrible in the moment. Be cheerful. No matter what. You, you want to you talk about really demonstrating Satan's defeat? Just live happy. Just, just live happy. Just be filled with cheer, no matter what. If that was, well, how do I do that? Look at the next one. Here it comes. Pray all the time. You know, it doesn't say whine. As a kid, you know, I, I grew up in church, and, and as a kid, I used to hate prayer meeting. Prayer meeting. Matter of fact, uh, we, we were part of churches that would have uh, uh, New Year's Eve on New Year's Eve, they've had these prayer things, and they, they went all day, and you know, right up through midnight, and, and I mean, they were super long. And on my way there, I would try to think of ways to commit suicide. Because, I mean, it was horrible. I just, I just wanted to die, you know, and, you know, it, it, was, it was awful. And then I found out how to pray, what real prayer was. Changed everything. Because real, effective prayer is taking God's word into God's presence, getting to agreement with God on that word. And I know what you're thinking. Be cheerful all the time. How do you do that? Well, you know what? If you have a word from God, it's really easy to remain cheerful. Because if you're going to pray, you're going to have to have the word. And if you have the word, it's easy to remain cheerful. Why? Because you know what the end is. You know where God's taking you. You know, if, if you can get the Spirit of God to breathe life on, on, on His Word. He, you know, all my children will be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. And then when your children are living like idiots, you can still be happy. Why? Because you know the end. I don't have to quit in the middle. I just continue to pray all the time. Look at verse 18. Thank God no matter what happens. Yeah, I think sometimes we're praying, we're standing on the Word of God, but what we wanted to happen doesn't happen. Just realize that when you get on further down the road, you're going to look back and you're going to thank God that you didn't get what you wanted, that you got what He created. You know, you go through stuff, and how are we supposed to be cheerful? I don't know. Uh, you know, if you look at the circumstances, you can't. But if you've got a Word from God, you can't help it. 
We've been through stuff, haven't you? Haven't you been in hard times? Don't you know people right here in the room that have suffered incredible tragedy? But the reality is, is that no matter what happens, we're just going to remain thankful. Why? Well, because we want to we, we want to we want to walk God walk. We're going to imitate God. We're, 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 we're going to be like his children that demonstrate his character on this planet. We're going we're gonna to live to bless people, and our lives are going to make a radical difference. And what God's going to do is going to blow our minds. His people that we thought would never, ever have a relationship with God are suddenly going to be connected to God because of the life of God that they saw in and through us. You're awesome. Don't be afraid to live that way. I said, you're awesome. Don't be afraid to live that way. Amen. Come on, give God big praise. Give God big praise. Thank you, Lord. I want you to, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head this morning.